back we back we back we back back in the building what episode are we on here i actually don't remember five I think six this is five or six i literally don't remember I, yeah that's that's a good sign that is that's just consistent content creation yeah and i mean that's that what people, that looks we like we know our audience is just ravenous insatiable for more content yeah and, and we're here to give it to them and we're here to deliver what's the intro song there that's uh that was sicko mode by travis scott and drake yeah, he just took a bunch of Drake songs and slammed them together. <laughs> it's kind of it's dope. <laughs> Intro of the week. All right, so what's the date? It's December 1st. December 1st. Just got through the Thanksgiving holiday. How was your Thanksgiving? I was good. I was in New York the whole. I was in New York City the whole time. Didn't didn't move a muscle. Just hung out in Brooklyn and walked around. Your sister and stuck around. My older sister was studying, so she was in town. Just and uh, drank a lot of wine. And played low. I did been doing a lot of exercise and a lot of podcasting. Not recording a podcast, but digesting a podcasting. That's just as important. And I'm here to regurgitate that all to you and claim it as my own ideas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, but I so I coming into this episode, our topic was supposed to be big tech. Yeah. Big tech. Uh, the concerns around monopoly, maybe the concerns around quote-unquote surveillance capitalism concerns around like dystopian big brother type situations i got into a big conversation about this at thanksgiving with who uh with with family with family yeah i'm sure it was with an engineer wonderful oh yes with a tech engineer no not a tech engineer like a a 60 something year old mechanical engineer oh yes or proper engineer yeah yeah yeah. and Uh, what what was what was the gist of their take their take. Just an uncle or something, or uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah, like an uncle-in-law. Yeah, uh, their take was was gen- was essentially that um, we've built our entire society on a house of cards, uh, and it's going to collapse, and it doesn't make and like this whole uh, putting all your faith in the internet and technology is uh, just going to doom us as a species. And effectively. Uh, therefore, buy gold, buy guns. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't take it that far, but, <laughs> but like uh, this, uh, that was the lane he was driving in for <laughs> yeah. sure. Like, yeah. yeah. Gold. My dad always says, if it goes all goes sour, make sure if it all goes south, you gotta have guns, gold, and tools. Yeah. Not power tools. No. Old yeah. school tools. Yeah, regular tools. Yeah. What's Those, the gold for? The gold is just like gold is you know, in no case that's what, the currency that emerges from yeah, the from the, the ashes, which is like I don't know, a good bet. Reasonable bet as far as uh, I'm. You hold you hoard gold. I'm gonna hold hoard uh, seashells. Seashells, like, yeah. yeah like those, the Iroquois. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you, take people, your, you make your bet on one people physical object. I'll make like gold. On you know, it's like if if society collapses, civilization collapses, we get sent back like to the Stone Age. So like I guarantee you, you're gonna find some lord somewhere in some fucking tower, and he's gonna have a gold necklace on it. Just it's like, it's and so, you'll pay a lot for it. Like I don't know. I, it's people. It's like literally glisten, you know, glittering, and people get mesmerized. Since the beginning of time, dude. Yeah, and you know who's not immune to that mesmerization? Jeff Bezos <laughs> and Mark Zuckerberg, bringing it right back. Yep. And uh, who else is who? Yeah, who else are the titans? Mark Zuckerberg. I guess um, Twitter is uh, Dorsey. Dorsey, though he doesn't seem to have as much money. 
but he's influential, certainly. Yeah. Google, he, whoever, the, whoever the you know the anonymous committee that runs Google these days yeah. seems like their their CEO isn't as much of a figurehead as uh, some of these other places. What um, happened? Larry Page was Google, right? Larry Page, but they've kind of like stepped back, I think, to some degree. Cause yeah. Now Alphabet, and yeah, Al- yeah, yeah. you know, it's like this big conglomerate now, and there's Google is a company in Alphabet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Among their other, you know, various... You know, I wanted to work for the X, uh, Project X. You know about that? Google Project X, right? Yeah. What was, that was like a prize, sort of? No, it's it's oh. actually a, it's a organization. It's part of their business. They have Google... It's kind of just like... So it's like it's total a, R&D, it, like... It's black. like a DARPA shit for Google. Oh my Google. God, it's like a black the black box. It's like the military's black box of funds to just go into nobody knows what they're doing. Google has their own Yeah, thing. they have it. It's called Project X and they hire and they, people they, from multidisciplinary yes. and they just, they just all Put sit in a room together and they just come up with moonshot ideas is what it's called. It's a moonshot factory. So they'll do like stuff like... Uh, let's give Wi-Fi to the globe by launching, uh, you know, two million satellites. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like just projects well, like I know that, that they, come they, out of there. It's, it's so funny because they are on the cutting edge of like AI R and D, like quantum computing. Yeah, like that yeah. Wasn't they had state a big, funded. That the, wasn't government. That wasn't the National X Lab. That no, was Google. That was Google. Corporate money funding quantum cutting computing. edge breakthroughs in tech, like the cutting of the most cutting edge. Yeah, I mean, you go back, so that's a, it's an interesting, not to derail this and get into like the public versus private space, but you know. That's certainly. That's, a, that's an interesting development that Google is taking the reins of discovery from the, the government when it comes to computing, but you, you still can draw a line straight back to the original computers were like built to break Nazi codes. Yeah, mil- yeah, right? totally and, military. And it, it all it, comes it, from the military. Yeah, so. it either comes from the military, it comes from government, just like the, you know, so many technologies you know, right now that are being uh, monetized in the private space came from like the Apollo missions. Yeah. From initial government funding, not for profit research. But now the companies are. Yeah, it does feel like that dynamic has changed. It's no longer like the military doesn't have the most cutting edge labs. Like yeah, they're behind. Exactly. It does feel like that. And maybe where maybe 50 years ago, the military was where the most cutting edge technology, like within the military. Yeah. And they're funding, like the military didn't fund quantum computing. No. No, yeah. I mean maybe they got a grant or something. I'm sure they got some government there's assistance like, for that. There is like the old school, like uh, Boeing famously had. Uh, I think it was Boeing or Northrop Grumman. Northrop Grumman, yeah. Northrop Grumman, like, what? Or if they're all one conglomerate nowadays, because all those national co- defense companies all just, uh, consolidate so that they have more leverage. Capitol Hill, um, they had Skunk Works, yeah. famously Skunk Works, which was just basically a black box of like cutting edge, push the envelope design. And I think the. Uh, who was the pilot that broke the sound barrier? I don't remember. Remember, he he flew this, flew this fuck this crazy like jet engine in the deserts, in the fifties. Oh, in the in a car. No, this no, was a, he flew. Yeah, it. Okay, and this no, is like they remember. broke this, it was first jet to break the sound barrier, and that was all. I think that was all funded by. Uh, that was all in coordination with the military. So the military used to be there, and, and now it uh, still is. They're still throwing money out. You've outsourced the government to the tech. Yeah, yeah. And, this and it's, is... it's remarkable. I mean, like the tech companies are in fact. In this country, they are the biggest companies, most powerful companies, without a doubt. But the only person that even comes close, in my mind, is like Boeing. I think that's the only company that punches at that level in terms of... And it's really, it's really a distinct... Those, there's really a big difference between Boeing and those companies because Boeing makes... Hardware. What, yeah, assembly hardware, hardware, assembly line hardware, but it makes it uh, primarily and nearly exclusively off government contracts. Well, they, they, uh, 
uh, the military. I mean, they still make airplanes. Yeah, they, they I mean, also they make, make jets for they their, make jets their airplanes, for, yeah, and sure. that's and they, that's where the, I think they also that's the money maker. Yeah, and that I mean, but you can look at our airline industry as well as like you know basically uh, a series of uh, uh, nationally recognized monopolies. Yeah, it's there. very distinct from like Amazon and Google, which have hit you know I forget which. I think Amazon hit a trillion dollars first, and then Microsoft hit a trillion dollars later. Like, as you're saying, those are the biggest companies and most powerful companies, and they make all of their money off consumers. Off of like ordinary directly people, the dis, like the dis, this act, like yeah, yeah, the crowdfunded, yeah, decentralized. Boeing's winning. Base. Boeing's winning contracts, contracts with and, the big companies. Yeah, they're selling they're, to companies, they're selling to governments. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're selling they're, to other massive companies, United. Yeah. Whatever. Other billion dollar companies. Whereas all these other tech, well, that and that you know that's you know Amazon for example. To be fair, a huge portion of their revenue, a huge portion of like let's say Microsoft's revenue, sure. huge portion of uh, not Google. I think IBM's and and I. I'm am not sure, sure about Google, but they don't those two definitely like their web services, the cloud yeah. infrastructure. Yeah, they're making a lot of money. Like are you sure? Microsoft Azure, Amazon yeah. AWS. Like that for is a while, like Amazon was portion. the only way Amazon was profitable. Yeah. I don't think their retail business actually. Well, they makes run it. Much they run it at bare margin. It's yeah. like totally like well, we're going to run this at bare margin. We're I think they, they started changing that like in the last few years. Well, the investors. I think it was like it was only a few years ago, the first year that Amazon turned a profit. Yeah. And they bought the investors for two decades had let Bezos basically just say like we're going to grow this thing, and it worked out obviously fabulous. Yeah. For everybody. Yeah. I mean, I should say, well, at the very least, it worked out fabulous for the shareholders. Or, you know, you could argue that whether it worked out well for and the rest then, of the world. And then you get like WeWork and Uber coming along, being like, yeah, we also don't need to make money for twenty years, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You guys right? are just going to let us get yeah, this market totally capture thing. I know WeWork. I mean, WeWork is. We could discuss WeWork. I mean, your uncle, or the uncle-in-law, whatever it is. Yeah. He looked at, I mean, WeWork is a, it's like, what is WeWork? They basically are like a landlord. Yeah. Like they own property. Yeah. And then they rent it out to people. It's like not a cutting, I mean, no. the only thing is that they've got this really slick story where it's like, we're going to have, you know, the gig, the gig economy and like the it's new age, hosted here. the new age companies are going to like, you know, it's like, okay, dude, you're basically just a landlord. But you know what? <laughs> and I say, like a billion dollars. And Uber, Uber is just a taxi service. But yeah. you know, the thing is with Uber and I think the reason what is unique about Uber and what it really changed, and I, this is not original, but I, I heard this off that econ talk I, I sent you about from that advertising guy, but Uber is the real... We'll post it, a link to that econ talk. We're going to post yeah, links post to like that. all yeah. of our sources. But the uh, the real ingenious like innovation of, of Uber was not the ability to like call a taxi and it was it's the seamlessness. It's the user experience. Yeah. It's the fact that you can watch the car come along the way, like the peace of mind you get yeah. from seeing like my ride is one minute away, I clicked two buttons, I don't have to worry about if I have cash in my wallet yeah. or not. You removed all of the consumer headaches yeah. from going to the corner, raising your arm, not knowing when the taxi's gonna get there, not knowing how much it's yeah. gonna cost, not knowing if you have enough money. You eliminated all of that. On the consumer side and also on yeah. the supply side. Because and now anybody can join you. You know, it's exactly. anybody can be, and all you have exactly. to do is open up your app, you can do whatever you want. You can, it's like, they, they also like, Disconstrained yeah. the supply side. Now, I would say WeWork was attempting to do something similar and not as elegantly, but yeah. I think there is a place, yeah. and I think there's a place for Uber. Maybe not as it's currently constructed, and yeah. you know, I'm not. I know they're not doing well, like financially as a company. WeWork obviously is like. But, I mean, they're doing off well, off like culturally, in the sense that exactly. everybody still uses everybody Uber, <laughs> uses, and no one uses WeWork really, yeah, yeah. and that seemed to be a problem. Yeah. But with WeWork, I actually see, you know, they went with commercial real estate. I think it would be. Incredible if WeWork just said, you know what, we're gonna be like, we're gonna do what Airbnb does, except we're gonna own the buildings. Yeah. And everyone has an app, 
and now and, instead and, of and having like super like it's almost like hostels but for individual apartments it's just like yeah really you like, can do a 31 like, day lease a yeah, 68 day like, lease yeah you can you do know? all sorts of and i can just go to any city and i already have an account they don't have to check my credit i can just boom i can hit that make it easy for me I, make yeah. it easy to live wherever i want yeah and, just like, and and pay the market rate and and if and, they went yeah. down that lane i think a, yeah, i think that'd be i think that'd be really cool that's not so, where they went so i think it just points to the fact that these tech companies it's not like they're ripping us off. No. Uh, you know, we love the tech. You, you, we all love the tech. Everybody goes on Amazon. Everybody's like, oh my God, Amazon, Jeff Bezos, he's so messed up, he's so rich. It's like, and yet, we all just shredded Amazon yesterday on Cyber Monday or Black Threat Friday. Yeah. Now, I didn't. I went to my local store and bar locally. Thank you very much. What did you buy? Virtue signaling. I bought a uh, hydro flask. Definitely cheaper on Amazon. What's a hydro flask? It's like a metal... Water, you know, it's metal water bottle, but it's super insulated. So if you pour coffee in it, like uh, three hours, you know, t five hours later, it'll still be piping. Does it have an air gap, or yeah, I'm, I, I don't know the technology yeah. is, but something it's like probably that. just an air gap between the walls. Well, probably just hollow well, walls. Yeah, well, they, there's been the, these are like I've had a couple. I mean, like a thermos has been around for a while. Yeah, it's not the, that's also an air gap. Yeah. Um, so they've done something with the materials. Or Maybe something, they vacuum and it, sealed it. And they, they probably it, vacuumed it. It's something where it's like crazy. You pour hot coffee in there, you seal it, and like. Five hours later, you open it up, it's piping hot. We used to have, when I was- So I bought that locally. That's Thank sick. you very much, that's virtue sick. signaling. But the, I think the point is, is that it's not like, I think we are, everybody's benefiting. Like the classic yeah. case of monopoly historically was that why, like the economic paradigm about why we have to break up monopolies is that they eliminate competition and then prices go up because there's no competition. Therefore, worse products and higher prices. Therefore, like consumers actually uh, lose out, and yeah. because of the, because of them losing out, because of that monopoly power, actually, uh, the end user actually loses out. Therefore, this is not economically efficient. Therefore, we need to break it up. That's like the classic, you know, econ model. Well, of why yeah, monopoly so, is bad. So, though, and I don't think we're working with that here. It's a whole different. It's a whole different thing. But let's before we jump to the tech companies, I want I would love if you explained more about this because I don't have an economics background, but. Yeah, that's roughly my understanding of monopoly is that these companies can get too big. They can either capture the government and make policies so that the benefit only them or they limit competition or they're hoarding all the patents or buying out all the small business Somehow whatever, it happens. or they're lowering prices beyond well, what's traditionally reasonable. Traditionally, it's cutting. It's like they, they're like loss leading on prop. They, they, they sell stuff. You save a bunch of money, then you lower prices so that you're losing money on every goods. When While you you're put, doing that, you put, everyone, you put everyone else out of business. Then you raise your prices back up. And then, and the end goal, and end result is that you know society, the net, you know, net value solved out by them. Economic now, without is without government, without a, 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 in a world without government, in a in a pure free market, some sort of like you know, idealized, yeah, anarcho capitalist state yeah. where libertarian you state. Know, Milton's Milton and Milton Friedman and Hayek's perfect. Yeah, in the in the most world. extreme version of a market, is it reasonable to expect that monopolies would form? So there's a lot of economists, especially on that libertarian Chicago school. Yeah. I think that direction, Austrian, you know, the various kind of sub, who will, who will still argue to this day that. Um, Monopolies actually don't, are not an economic problem. It's and a government it's, problem. It's a, it's, and I think, I think it's a political economy problem, which is in the sense that it's not so much that, for example, the classic monopoly way back when, I think the last, where, where this era mirrors most, most accurately is, um, you know, the Gilded Age, eight, late 1800s, early 1900s of Rockefeller, Standard Oil. Yeah. Basically, Rockefeller invented mass market oil. 
right. he basically it had been kind of done, whatever, but he basically he drove the efficiencies of the oil production process and the refining process to such extremes that it made it cheap and accessible and drove the fucking oil revolution, the gasoline revolution, the transportation revolution on, of oil. Crazy stuff. He bought out everybody. He just charged lower prices, outcompeted everybody, did all sorts of crazy shit to like isolate people, force them out of business, but then buy their properties, you know, like, and yeah. just like took over the oil industry. The whole United States oil industry was owned by him. Um, now, and and, yeah. and then, then the Sherman Antitrust Act, yeah. which is the, to this day, is the primary legislation that governs a monopoly and yeah. antitrust law in this country, was enacted in response to the, him. Now let me pause right there for a second. So, but let me finish the point. Okay. Oil prices went down. The consumer arguably was better off. He brought more oil, cheaper prices, more efficiently to the marketplace than had ever been done before. The end, end result was cheap oil for everybody. So now why, why was an antitrust law passed? Why so, were people so freaking that out is, about that? That's the dilemma is that the claim is that the monopoly is bad because of this sort of um, push everybody else out and then there's no competition. Then they get to abuse their position as a monopoly and like eventually prices go up. That's like that eventuality that monopoly kind of theory is designed to like eliminate. But a lot of economists on that libertarian side would say that doesn't exist. They, they become monopolists because they charge the most best the best prices and they're the most efficient. And if they stop doing that, then competition will eat away at them and they'll, and they'll, and they'll lose their monopoly. Let me, yeah. So there is that view in the, in, it's kind of, I'd say, non-orthodox. You know, your, your traditional average economist at MIT and Harvard or whatever today is gonna to tell you that that's, that's bunk. That's kind of like libertarian like stuff. But it's, I think it's fairly legitimate. I think the case we're seeing with Amazon is Similar. Well, on, on the monopoly point, one thing that's that this made me made me think of was, okay, you're saying that uh, in the early uh, 1900s, late 1800s, mm -hmm. Robert Barron era, mm -hmm. right? Exactly. We we've got uh, the Rockefellers, we got the you know whoever, J.P. Morgan, mm -hmm. we got like that that whole crew of Carnegie Steel, yeah, Vanderbilt, yeah, Vanderbilt. That's uh, like those, fun fact for the, for the few listeners out here. Anderson Cooper is a Vanderbilt heir. Just so, so you know. just so you know. So when that dude starts talking about inequality, you know, in, income inequality and Maybe. what what the American public is feeling, just remember this dude has been American royalty <laughs> and is part of a our royal family. Okay. Just a side note. But uh, in any case, so back to these monopolies like You do love that fact, Trevor. I love I that fact. I love that fact. But that's that, a, we, we can have another episode on the media. I'm just going to Every time I you watch a millionaire t telling you the news, it's just you should laugh. Um, but in any case, uh, so yeah, they're, they're all millionaires. The difference is that he's a hundreds of millionaire or something like that. Yeah. What's interesting to me about the Rockefeller case, and what's interesting to me about the how you know you're saying that okay, this guy accumulated power mm -hmm. in a democratized way. He he did it in a in a way by you know one one way or another. He didn't break any laws. He just yeah slowly. He like, definitely did some. Shady shit, but through market, yeah. through like manip yeah. manipulating the market structures. At it wasn't hand. like he was gunning people down. He wasn't gunning people yeah. down, but yeah. he was yes, yeah, surrounding people's homes and whatever, and buying he was them doing out. Crazy and stuff like buying all the land around a refinery, a competitive refinery, and then tearing up the railroad tracks in his land and saying, "Sorry, dude." That's hilarious. Like you know, yeah, uh, stuff like I mean, I'm not sure exactly that's case, but that sort of style of like whatever so, it takes. No, you would say you'd say I mean, you're just saying that like the pure libertarian case would be that. This wouldn't happen in an ordinary 
in a, in a complete well, free no, market. No, but, no, but that would happen. But the end result is just going to be cheaper oil for everybody. The end result is going to be cheaper oil for everybody. Which means everybody but gets, you know. The reason the government came in was like, actually, no, you have too much power and everything was because of a fear that he had now consolidated enough power, yeah, enough economic. And that's very similar to the dem democratic ideals that this country was sort of founded on in the sense that in it. Concentrated power. Concentrated power. power. In this case, economic power. In the King George case, political power. Yeah. But one way or another, we have a sort of natural te uh, disinclination for aggregated power in this yeah. country, coming down from the very founding of the country, probably. Yeah. And so when we look at monopolies, you know, whether I don't, I don't know how you could say that. Okay, yeah, this this would, if you uh, don't have any regulation, you're going to get monopolies like this. You're going to have uh, consolidated companies and these huge monolithic entities that are is in a, to the consumer actually benefit because the consumer is going to get more goods cheaper. at cheaper prices, etc. I think that most people uh, now and then and historically in this country have had a, a sort of reluctance like, to, to say like, okay, so you're telling me that I the only place I can get my shoes now is from Jeff Bezos. <laughs> yeah. Jeff Bezos just controls all the shoes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if I want any type of shoe, I have to go through Bezos. No, I told, I, like that's, that's a little... Totally. You know, I mean, I, I think I think the key point is that it's not so much measurable in the economic output. It's not. It's really a, it's a power thing. I think it's a power. It's a political dynamic. It's maybe even cult, you know kind of cultural. Yeah, yeah. I don't and, think it's economic because and I if, think also when you have that much power consolidated, they can just buy the government at all. So maybe at one point they were delivering the cheapest whatever, but once they can buy the government and get regulations passed that basically keep competition out, also, yeah. all of a sudden they can... You know, who's that, to say what the cheapest is because yeah. they're the only ones selling? Yeah, exactly. You know, so so who's all, to say that it's cheap? There's all sorts of kind of complications that I, I do think are legitimate. Um, but I, 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 like if, know, if the analysis yeah. is going to be done that, oh, Amazon's like, you know, if the analysis is that Amazon or any of these kind of tech borderline monopolies... Yeah, we could talk about whether they deserve that moniker yeah, or not. Yeah, I, I, I do think that's oh, there's also a debate there, but um, I do think uh, you know people like it. Everybody loves this stuff. Everybody's using it every day. So yeah. it's the people are voting every day. They, it's not they're clearly not that concerned because they, if you were, you'd stop shopping on Amazon, right? I guess I don't know if that's legitimate. Like it is legitimate. I'm sorry, but you can go to the store and just buy that stuff. You don't have to get it delivered to your house. Um, if you really cared that much, especially if you're on uh, the climate change uh, movement, yeah, yeah, maybe maybe getting your your, uh, your t two forks mailed to your home from, <laughs> not from Ohio, yeah, no, is, to be is fair, not the, best the store. You go to the store, like they had to get that stuff mailed to that store anyway. So yeah, I, I don't know what the, the you're you're at least eliminating the end of the last and, the and last one thing step. Amazon does efficiently is they do things efficiently. So like it's conceivable that their logistical pipeline is actually more efficient than the the tr traditional logistical pipeline in terms of the amount of carbon that actually I don't I doubt that just I, because in the automated driving world there's that last mile problem yeah. and I think that's that's probably true in every industry and when you look at like the last mile is like oh there's a car driving around every little block and every neighborhood dropping all this stuff off yeah yeah no exactly way that, yeah, yeah. yeah they're like we, we we go from the forks go from the Chinese factory or steel from the ground mm -hmm. to the the, fe the Chinese manufacturing the Chinese factory sends them over to a distribution center in the U.S. That goes to all the grocery stores. From there, we say, people, come to the store, pick your shit up. Yeah. Amazon's like, no, no, no. We we're we're going to go a step further. Yeah. We're going to take that shit to your porch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. And again, that's that's like the Uber thing, where, where that's, that is a, a true 
uh, improvement from the consumer's perspective, right? That's a psychological change in, this is no longer an errand that I have to run, yeah. right? Instead of, of having to, again, find out how much money I have, uh, go to this, go to the stores, wonder, wonder if they have it, yeah. if they have the thing I'm looking for. I can just sit on my couch while I'm watching TV and browse through every possibility of every item that so I've ever tried. Read the reviews. Yeah, read the reviews, awesome. and then I mean, uh, without a doubt, you know that makes life. Reviews better. are insane, and you don't get reviews when you when you're at a store and no you're chance. looking at you're looking at a plunger, yeah. and there's four plungers on the shelf. <laughs> yeah, what are you gonna do? We have, we, yeah, you can buy the cheap one and be like, ah, well, you the cheap one, the one that for, looks or you cool. buy the expensive one. You say, ah, I get what I pay for. So you know, it's yeah. Like a, you obviously have no idea. I mean, I think that's just the big high-level political problem around tech is that is that we have this fear, okay, that I think the tech companies have too much power. Now, but I, I don't think it's just that. There's all sorts of kind of interwoven fears here. You've got the kind yeah, of yeah, that's one. Why you've got you like this like those? monopoly power concern, which is there. I think there's also kind of this like um. There's like a political fear around I think social networks and like kind of the corruption of democracy, the echo chamber, the, the echo chamber effects. I mean, like the Russian hacking is an example of how like social networks are so integrated into public opinion now that it, it kind of we, we are susceptible. To we just talked about monopoly, aren't. but why don't you talk about the echo chamber effects? Because you've probably listened. I've listened to a bunch of podcasts on this. I've read a bunch about this. Yeah, it's, I mean, just I, just a moment on that before you go to the other concerns okay. of the tech companies. Well, I think. Yeah, I would. So, so we talked about monopoly, and that's more applicable maybe to Amazon. I think Amazon's where, a, where you're, the they're like clear case of that. That's point. where that problem seems to be the the largest. When you look at Facebook, it's not necessarily the fact that they're the only ones selling anything, because what they're they're really selling is your data, obviously. Yeah. But it's it's more the fact that they are through algorithms trying to get your you the end user trying to get the Facebook user to spend as much time on their platform as possible that's, without a doubt without a doubt that's their goal because then you click more it's Facebook it's what's it's whatsapp it's um, yeah it's so the social Instagram, media companies uh, that's all that's all Facebook YouTube all the free companies yeah, all the free companies what they're doing is they want you to use their service as, as much as they possible want your eyes. they want your eyes they want both your to see advertisements from other companies and two to harvest your personal data yeah. to, to match your age, your name, your demographic, your, where you grew up yeah, with and the types of things you buy, and the every, types of yeah. things you read. And everything you watch or read or click or view, <coughs> uh, they can map a better view of who you are as a person. And then they and have I, enough of those profiles and then they sell that data to the people who are selling yeah, you advertisements. I, yeah, I think, so I mean there's, so that's their business model, but the the real uh, the echo chamber effect, how they ended up the the solution to that problem, how do we get people to spend as much time as possible yeah. on our site? Well, no one actually figured it out. What they did was they just had algorithms that said whenever someone uh, clicks on you know topic X, topic X, we've this algorithm has determined that they are more likely to want to read more in this category and extreme versions of this event. Yeah, and, and yeah, and we'll, like right for example, <coughs> if you. God forbid, it's like, oh, I heard Ben Shapiro said something, you know, bad about AOC. I want to see what he said, right? I yeah. don't, know, I don't even like Ben Shapiro. Let's say I don't even like the theory. I don't like Ben Shapiro, but I want to see what he said about AOC because it's controversial. So I switch AOC, Ben Shapiro comment or whatever. This is hypothetical. You click that. You like watch your like twenty second clip. You're like, oh, that was fucked up. Cool. Anyways, go on my business. Next time you go to YouTube, God help your soul because you're gonna get. 
Jordan every Peterson, other video, every yeah. other video is going to be Glenn Beck. Yeah, you know, Rush like Limbaugh, yeah, Bill yeah. O'Reilly, and they're going to slam you. And like one of those things, like you might click because like one topic might look interesting. You'd be like, oh, what is all this? And you're like, oh wait, that kind of looks interesting. Click. God forbid you do that because next time you go, it's going to be like three out of four things are going to be in that category, and they're going to keep you in that realm. And I mean, what's crazy about YouTube is back in the day, you went to YouTube to. Um, watch a video, right? That's right. all YouTube was. You went and searched and clicked a video. But today, it's like an app, and you go on there and you scroll. There's a yeah. feed. Yeah. There's a customized feed, customized to what you want, to based what you on like, what you've already what watched. you've liked, what you've watched, what you've clicked. Um, probably based on you know what you've searched in Google searches because it's all Google. You know, yeah. it's all they know, and, and and it's a feed just like anything else. It's and, a feed and, like the Instagram feed. It's a feed. Like you, Facebook feed. And, and many sociologists have really have pointed out, and uh, many people who have studied, you know, the effects of this type of algorithm on people, people are really like sheep, and they just start getting herded to these extreme ideas. That's pretty much the simplest version of this, is that you have people on the left, this is the political problem yeah. you, were, you were highlighting with these networks, this is how the Russians were able to hack and maybe influence our elections, likely influence our elections, is once they've identified you in a group whether you're liberal or conservative or a gun rights guy or a libertarian, now they're just going to feed you extreme versions of just that information. So what you end up seeing in society is siloed populations of people. You get a population on the left that is all watching this like ecosystem of videos, only seeing stuff that the right is doing wrong. Yeah, only, only seeing, seeing the Young Turk videos, only seeing all this yeah, stuff. Yeah, how awesome AOC is, how great Bernie is. You have people on the right, and this is like I was talking with my family like, like this weekend uh, during the holiday. You know, who are only hearing Fox News, who yeah. are only hearing Bill O'Reilly, Hannity, Tucker Carlson. Yeah, uh, I mean Janine Pirro. And, and there's a fact of life is that it's uncomfortable to hear things that you don't just, you that you disagree with, right? Yeah. Like it's really like worth reading something like from a writer that you don't agree with, and like they're arguing the opposite side. Like you read it and it's just like yeah, it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. Like you yeah. don't like reading it. It's like a, it's like oh, like it's like you kind of just like. Gut. But this is against everything I thought because yeah. of the reason it, you you literally feel discomfort because and so, it's your your beliefs form a large part of your identity. So if you believe that free markets work. And then someone is presenting you an argument that free markets don't, your first response is going to be skepticism. Yeah. And it's going to be discomfort it's, and it's, it's going to be maybe, like, maybe even dislike yeah, for the person who's espousing that argument because so they're saying you like, are wrong. It's like this comfort, it's, it's an echo chamber, but it's also just like a comfort zone. Like yeah, you create exactly. a comfort zone and you go in there and you just live in the comfort zone and there's nothing that ever challenges because it, you know, the average person's not going to go out of their way to read something or to watch change their mind. To change frankly. their mind. And, and so I, I, and I think the claim is that so the social networks have uh, created algorithmic echo chambers yeah. that have increased, you know, for example, polarization and yeah. radicalism and extremism. And now maybe these effects, these network effects were always there within communities. Communities would form like-minded ideas. But it was just like vastly less efficient. Vastly less efficient. Now you have this. Not, and what's, what's hilarious is no one at Facebook made the decision, hey, let's create political silos. Yeah. Right? That's, that, there's no, not it, a, they it, just put an algorithm. It's not just politics. Like, they just you know, put an I algorithm one, on it. I searched, you know, I'm, God forbid, I'm like lifting. You know, I go to the gym, I'm like, I want to see my, actually, I've kind of been, I want to like search like the correct form for exercise X. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. <laughs> because the next day I go to my YouTube feed and it's all like five ways. Are you waking up at 4 a.m. to get you know, six ways to get your abs ripped? Blah, blah, blah. It's all that. Yeah. It's like, oh, if, <laughs> it's, if like, you wait, want... it's like, relax. Like, and it's like, all it is is like, 
super ripped people and like fitness models and hot women who are perfectly fit and you're like, oh, yeah. And you, I, it's like, so it's not just political text. I think it's, it goes to like some of this, you know, uh, you know, like incel, right? That's like a, a thing yeah. on the internet, right? Yeah. Why, why, why? Because the people get trapped into these communities. They get funneled. They like, they click on yeah. one thing because it kind of relates. It's like, it's like, but it's like, that's a, it's like a gateway. And yeah. next thing you know, you next video. And next thing you know, all your YouTube feed is incel related content. Yeah. Right. Like, or, or vegan related content yeah, or, 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 you know, and some of it's fine. Mean, that's fine because it's like, I watch a, I watched a video about hiking in mountain range X and then all my other videos are now my videos I'm getting recommended are about hiking, which is like, I like hiking. So cool. Actually, this is actually kind of nice. Yeah. It's not like this is a, an evil or pernicious thing. No, no. It's just funny. It's just that in the political realm, it creates this effect that all of a sudden we're going, wait a second. I just find it so funny that like we are such a simple species yeah. that an algorithm could just like easily solve us. Yeah, yeah. So easily solve us. It's like, oh yeah, this person likes idea X. Let's just give them idea X plus one, yeah. idea X plus 10, idea well, X also, plus like, 100. Other people that have liked X have then clicked this. So I'm gonna show them that too, because most likely. And it just naturally funnels people <laughs> yeah. into these communities. So that's that's a set, let's just put a pin in that. Cause that's, we, we talked so about like monopoly issue. Of social media. Yeah, there's monopoly issue, maybe more respect to Amazon. And then there's the, the network effects or the siloing issue. That's maybe more radicalism of a, and extremism yeah. and polarization, maybe they having this like political consequence. I mean, we didn't even talk about the filtering of news and speech yeah. on these platforms. Right, that's right. maybe so, a that's, other, yeah. So I, we can, actually, I think that's a separate topic. Let's go right, to that so next. The third so one is free speech on these free platforms. Free speech concerns, and yeah. that goes. I mean, it's just. I think that's a really good. And that goes I, again. I think this is mostly for the content platforms: so Facebook, Instagram, YouTube in particular. Yeah. Um, Twitter. Twitter. I, tw Twitter and YouTube in particular seem to be the biggest places, but Facebook as well. In the sense that, what are you allowed to say? When is something hate speech? Uh, when is something, you know, and if it's not hate speech, you know, uh, what, you know, or how political are you allowed to be? And so I think there's a huge concern on the right that, you know, everybody that works at tech companies are liberals, which is actually true. Probably true. I mean, I, just, I, I don't think anybody's going to argue against that. Like, um, and everybody has biases and priors, and it's hard to spot your priors, right? It's very hard to spot your priors when you're working in a working environment where everybody else is. So I think they have a legitimate concern, at least, you know, looking at it from distance, like this could be an issue. The fact that every single one of these platforms is run by, you know, 99% California high-tech engineers who are not conservative or Republican, and maybe their policies are actually filtering out Republicans more than their whatever. Well, and so that's the, that's their concern. I think on the left, there's a concern that it goes. Okay, we don't want people posting hate speech. We don't want posting people hate speech. And I also think there's a concern about like, uh, like, uh, disinformation. You know, because of the Russia stuff, disinformation and yeah, we don't want people to post anything that's untrue, and we don't want people to post anything that's yeah. racist, and we don't want fundamentally anyone to post anything that hurts anybody's uh, anyone's feelings. I think which is like. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, so I think you, what's interesting take, is like take it all down. <laughs> what's know? interesting is there's like the if you listen to any comedian yeah. talk about this issue, it's like their number one issue, obviously, yeah. Yeah. because they're in the free speech biz. Yeah. And so they ridicule this position. They think it's insane. They're like, you should be able to say whatever you want, whenever you want, yeah. as long as you're not hurting anyone, right? Like your intentions matter, and like free speech and controversial ideas, jokes that make fun of people, like this sort of yeah. language. Well, kind is, of just like you know, and even is, like. 
It's yeah. the only method we have to like tease out some of whether an idea is good or bad. In laughing and putting something into a joke. Some of the greatest truths that I've ever learned are from watching Dave Chappelle. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And, he, and he's not and it's not because he's he's giving me a philosophical essay or argument oh, on like what it's like to be a black person in the United States. It's yeah. that he's just lampooning yeah. the experience. <laughs> he's making fun of like all the, the most tense areas where white and black people and intersect. It makes it accessible. And, and, yeah. It makes it accessible. And so protecting that sort of speech, protecting that sort of controversial speech is important. Se- seems important. But then there's the other side where it's like, okay, well, you know, we got what's some. This, what's, what's the guy? What's the crazy man? Um, uh, who has the who has the show? What's his name? Michael uh, Alex Alex Jones. Oh, Alex Jones. Yeah. Right. So Alex Jones. Right? I don't even think he's the worst. Yeah, he is crazy. But I mean, I'm... he's totally crazy. Conspiracy theories. I think his worst conspiracy theories were like the ones regarding um, the Sandy Hook. Yeah. Sandy Hook. Yeah. But he's I mean, he's kind of crazy, and he's like kind of saying these things. They're coming for us. Make sure you have your guns. Like, I find that almost sillier. Maybe that is a real concern. But he got taken the off the platforms. He did for the Sandy Hook stuff. But I I think that people who are even more like. They're more polarizing concerned. or are like the Richard well, Spencers of the world or like the white supremacists yeah. or like the alt-right people. Well, and so there's them you know? and then there's like that next stage, which, you know, I think, right, there's like this spectrum, which is like, I don't, you know, um, the Ben Shapiro's, the Jordan Knowles, there's like this kind of, there's kind of this network of like uh, conservative slash right wing podcast guys, you know, yeah. um, that, that are out there. That are basically all the counterparts to maybe like the Young Turks and those sorts of folks, yeah. right? Like, there's all these people out there having these YouTube shows, YouTube channels where they're recording shows and they're talking about political issues, and it's, it's on the left and it's on the right too. It's right here, and it's it's like right here, it's happening, <laughs> and they go at each other, and because they're all on YouTube, they all like focus on each other. They yeah, all, like, it's really attack, weird. They all attack it's each really other. Funny. It's not like they're attacking like the writers in the Washington Post as much as they are no. attacking like. So there was, there was recently this thing where. That's like Who's the, the guy? Stephen Crowder. Yeah. Stephen Crowder, uh, kind of right wing comedian. He it's very like comedic comedic based. Like he's yeah. trying to be funny, and he uh, there's like a meme that went around with the cup. You know, like changed my mind. Yeah. And he's, like that was him. He, he does these shticks where he goes and does like, and he's a conservative, but he's also trying to be funny. And it's like, you know, conservatives tend to not be funny, but yeah, I know. Sometimes he actually is kind of funny. Well, all right, he so, has to, so the point is, he yeah. got demonetized by YouTube because. He made fun of this Vox guy, who also had a podcast, who's a lefty guy, and he's this gay Hispanic guy who has talks about all sorts of issues, but I think prim- you know tends to focus on like LGBT issues or whatever, and he makes fun of him because the guy has like a maybe he has a lisp or something like that. Okay, I don't know this story. And he so he starts he just shreds him. He kind of routinely like lampoons this guy, like saying adopts like an accent like yeah, and puts on like a that. thing where okay. he yeah, and and he kind of shreds his argument, and like he'll be like. You know, he'll, like, make fun of him. Like, he'll say, like, the guy's argument in his, like, characterization of his speech. And then he'll lampoon him and whatever. That's this guy's thing. He got... It got, went too far or whatever. He crossed some line with someone yeah. on YouTube. And he got demonetized. And the, and the right wing was like, ah! Yeah. I can't believe it. The left wing was like, I can't believe he's still allowed to be on there. You just demonetized him. You need to take it off entirely. It's hate speech. And that's the war that's happening right now. So that's the free speech war. And, the, and, and then, of course, there's concerns like, we need to regulate this. We need to have the government come in here and regulate this, like yeah, because this is a public platform. Yeah, this, is, this is a like town public square. Hate yeah, exactly. This is a town square. And it's not just YouTube; it's also Twitter. Facebook is the big one where people have been saying government has been saying, and there's like an ideological battle: is 
is Facebook a town square? Yeah. In which case, everyone should be allowed to say whatever they want. This is just the platform on the internet where that happens, yeah. as opposed to I can go, in I, real can, life. I can go yell crazy shit on the street. I yeah, can. I'm allowed to say whatever I want on the street without yeah. being arrested. Yeah. And is has Facebook and again this or goes, borderline just about anything. And, and this, yeah, exactly. Yeah, unless it's yeah, you're right. Um, but have they risen? Has and this is really a testament to their monopolistic power. Yeah. Have they so or not monop monopolistic, but maybe like the, pen, the depth of their penetration? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. However, yeah, maybe monopoly is the polarizing word. But yeah, so they are so pervasive. It is the only platform because my my free market critique would just be okay, conservatives, what, where's your platform? Yeah. Just start one. Yeah. And there have been alternative Twitters that have started. And you they know, rapidly devolve into like into just like cesspools of racism. <laughs> yeah. Because when you create an environment that's explicitly, hey, all the all the well, Twitter it's, it's you like the plus chamber. the hate speech. It's just it's just the echo chamber effect we already talked about. Yeah. So like, I find it interesting, you know, because these companies, yeah, maybe they are comprised of all liberal people. Yeah. Or left leaning I mean, people. I mean, maybe they do a pretty good job. You know they're I mean? they're companies, and you know, if you're a free marketer, right, like that company has its values, has its corporate values. Yeah. And, if, and if their corporate values are, if you say anything remotely racist, by the way, we define racist through our own subjective criteria, <laughs> yeah. use the platform at your, at your own risk. And if you say something we don't like, we're not, we don't have any rules for it, but yeah. we're just going to kick you off. Yeah. And yeah. that's like the comp corporate policy we and have And the Republicans here. all of a sudden being like, we need regulation. And it's like, wait. Yeah, so now Republicans <laughs> are arguing <laughs> You for, want regulation? Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. It's totally bonkers. Um, so that's a, that's three issues. The fourth one I want to say before we we dive into any more is privacy. Yeah, and I think yeah, I think surveillance. surveillance states, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think, I mean, all these issues are interrelated. The classic thing is China. Right. Well, of course, Big Brother, George Orwell, nineteen eighty four, looms large over all this, right? Um, just from like kind of futures, like the viewpoint of like what's possible, the dystopia that we're trying to avoid. And then, of course, the biggest news out of China is the social credit system, where China has absolutely this, insane. Where you know, absolutely insane. Which you know, we basically the idea is that they track all your online activity. They know who your online persona is, and they connect that to your real world behavior. Um, and so, in the sense that if you do things that are out of step with like good good behavior, like I don't know, jaywalk, or I don't know. Uh, I don't know, commit a crime. Or, say a bad word. Or say a bad word or like, you know, post some stuff about Hong Kong, you know, or... Oh, God forbid. God forbid, whatever, you know. There's, or, no, there's or, no Hong Kong post in Yeah, whatever. So I, I don't know. Whatever. The point is, this is connected to your online persona, your digital persona, and, um, you know, for example, it may become harder for you to get mortgages. It may be harder for you to get approval to do travel. And it's not... No one really knows exactly the extent and the rules, it's like, obviously it's China, it's, it's opaque, no one actually knows, but it's concerning. And this is kind of the dystopia we're trying to avoid. It seems like it's yeah. happening I, in real life, it's happening real time right now over in China. And the concern is the big tech companies, they're not the state. So in China, that's the state doing that. It's the state doing it, of course, where what's, are they getting the data? Well, what's interesting though is that they, these companies are working with the state governments, right? Google does, Facebook does have separate rules in Indonesia. Yeah. Right? Like, and Google, they, you know, it's like, yeah, they're, I, now, most of them are now, are no longer in. I think Google, didn't Google just go back into China? Yeah. 
and say like they will work with the Chinese yeah, yeah, government. Yeah, they'll censor whatever. We'll censor whatever you want we'll to censor. We'll censor whatever you want. And we'll We're give you all company. the user data. Yeah. Right. So, which so, is totally like uh, it's like uh, so, so now, much for our liberal ideas. Right. Ideals. So this, this 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 like new again the pervasiveness and power of these platforms has led to them now being co-opted by the state. You yeah. could argue. And leverage at least in China. Yeah, I do not think it's necessarily a case that's really happening here. Maybe not, but there's a potential yeah, that something certainly. so powerful could then be used as a role, as as a, a means of tyranny. Yeah, frankly, right. And yeah. that's that's the fourth maybe large concern. With I think companies. for me that is where. I think that's my, you know, me being my libertarian anarcho priors. That's my biggest concern. Um, the fifth item is that everyone loves these platforms. Yeah, and that, everyone loves these that, companies. I mean, that's like the key. Over that's thing. the big paradox. And we all need to consume them, you know, incessantly. I think, and I think there's you know, there's also this kind of concern around, how, you know, how much freedom do we really have? And I I just listened to the other Econ Talk podcast with, I think her name is, shucks, Amy Webb maybe. Uh, basically talking about, for example, Amazon has these, these, these caches of data that they have on you as a person. They know, they know everything you do on your computer, everything you do on your phone. They know that you're, those are all, all those are all you. They know everything you're doing online. They have a, they they have have a cache, Alexa in your home. They have Alexa in your home. Amazon is now putting out a micro, selling a microwave, ba- you know, Amazon basics microwave that has Alexa built in. So any sort of like, you know, obviously you're gonna be like, hey, Amazon, pop this popcorn, or Amazon, you know, do this, whatever whatever you do. What's funny about the microwave microwave. is you still have to walk over there and put your shit in it, but now you can just use your voice to turn it on. I know, it's like not that effective. But the point is like, that's another data point. Now they've got that data. They know what you're eating, right? They're gonna have the fridge soon. They're gonna have the oven soon. They'll know what you're eating. And they're also, all these companies are getting into healthcare. Amazon's working with like, Berkshire Hathaway. Yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, and I think JP Morgan or something like that. And they're like, okay, we're going to figure out healthcare. We're going we're gonna to do Amazon for healthcare, and it's going to be amazingly efficient. Everybody's going to love it. True. Probably true. But also, it's like all of a sudden, they know everything about your life, and they're going to optimize on it. And not perniciously, but they're going to be like, hey, maybe don't have the popcorn today. And this is this on this podcast I listened to. We'll post the podcast. It's another econ talk podcast with and they kind of like go they trace through this idea that like it's not so much a, an explicit coercion but this like corporate nudging and this corporate like optimization of our yeah. lifestyles that happens so like it's the same nudging so, that happens on the political articles right yeah, it's but it's, it's happening it with your consumer so, and your consumption and your lifestyle decisions and and it changes like the perspective on the way options that you have to live your life and the way you know and and definitely like limits freedom from a kind of a, a, from a purist standpoint, obviously it's not coercion, but it's that nudging and the corporate nudging. And like, I always say on my, on my phone now, my phone tells me to set an alarm before I go to bed. It tells me when it's my bedtime and when to set an alarm. It's like Apple just does it. I yeah. just noticed it with the latest update. It's like, it's helping me be a more productive worker for my company. It's optimizing me. Apple's going, to, going, going out of the way to optimize. Now it is nice. I actually, it's like, set your alarm. I'm like, oh yeah, nice. I'll set my alarm. And it's like, Hey, time yeah. to go to bed. It's like, oh yeah, I'll go to bed. I'm like, actually, I like being a productive. I mean, worker. Google Google reads but my like, emails and then just tells me I have, a tra- <laughs> I have a train ticket. Yeah, right, and tells me here's but my it, ticket. I'm like, t- carry this out 50 years, 100 years, and we're living in a society in which everybody is so connected to the feed 
that their ability to have autonomy, like kind of like interior autonomy about how they want to live their life is so lost because it's been so optimized, so nudged, so optimized for you. Everything's connected, everything's optimized. And you're just like, you're a free human still, you know, you're still free, but like, are you really? Well, this, oh, like, get, this gets into like what it means to be free, right? And, because and people I, yeah. were making these arguments a long time ago about freedom and they were making the same arguments about income inequality. It's like if you have no money, yeah. are you really free to start your own business? Yeah. Even if legally you're allowed to do so? I think you can make a similar argument with these. Is like if you're getting spammed with advertisements and, and like, your articles are being curated for you and at least three or four companies and control. And telling you to go to work and telling you to when, when, you know, when to apply for your next job and, and the, when and to get a promotion. And your streaming service are telling you what show to watch and what music to listen to yeah eventually you're just sort of funneled into you're like you're just another like you're just a you're a cog yeah. yeah you're an economic engine to yeah. keep these companies going and it's like the algorithms now are, are totally controlling the human human experience the basement of the uh, debasement of the human like the you know the at least you know it's kind of like now we're like blending into some like vague like humanist or I, mean, I don't know I don't even know if humanist is the right word but like uh, you know this like kind of romantic notion of the human yeah the question is was there ever was the human ever free <laughs> yeah was the human ever autonomous and to so begin is this with? really that big of a concern right yeah is that's that, that's my and, that's the know, lane i'm, course, sort I'm of sitting here telling you right now i'm free right yeah. now i'm free <laughs> yeah so this would be really messed up if that happened because right now i'm free and, and those people in the future will not be free so we got to stop it from happening i don't know if i buy that yeah, <laughs> yeah i don't yeah. know if i buy that i really am so free now and but it does concern me, and I think that's I think that's, and then of course once that's in place, like you said, all it takes is somehow that uh, those systems being hijacked by the ones in power for you know for the for the state to have complete and utter control over the vast majority of of our you know of our, of our lives. Right. And like at which point you know what chance does um, dissent have what chance does uh heterodoxy you know like you know dissent differing opinions create create you know creative destruction what chance does like free expression all these things that we hold dear i think is you know at least most parts of our society hold dear um what chance does that have against i mean we're, see, we're seeing it right now we're seeing this it, what, it, what it leads to is you have these silos of people or being funneled in specific ways. The rural communities are being filtered and funneled by their streaming services, by their you know Amazon purchases, by, by their, their YouTube, YouTube videos, by their Facebook articles. Yeah. And the urban, more liberal population is being curated in another way. And what you ha then have is, when it comes to the people activities, you have politicians now who have to cater ex exclusively to one side well, or exclusively to I mean, the other. I mean, and that's obviously playing a large role in the polarization that we've seen yeah, over the I last mean, few decades in this yeah, country. That's, yeah, it's like, why would the representatives not reflect that result? Yeah, you know, like, it's the like the algorithms curated populations and of the people. people are gonna and, the, and the voters are going to vote and then the politicians are going to reflect that echo chamber and then yeah. they're going to watch and go, ah, whatever. Yeah. Uh, so I, it's a little concerning that, you know, I think you back up, you zoom out, you're like, whoo. I think for me, I'm like, my priors are the free markets at work, you know, markets work, kind of like a limited government, capital, liberal, liberal limited government capitalism is like my, my kind of instinctual home base for the political economy. This represents like a complete, I think, 
problem, like a devastation of that. The tech yeah. companies are like as deregulated as possible. Like the yeah. tech is where the government has the least regulation. Because they don't understand what's happening. I mean, it just happened so fast and it was such brand new. Like this was like capitalism on steroids. Like this yeah. Silicon Valley, like, this is like free markets. This is the power of capitalism is to create these companies, these new technologies, these the quantum leap in the last 20 years and in the way the world's connected and digitized. And, and just like the Rockefellers, we had the, the large companies have aggregated ag- and, they've, aggregated and, they've, and, and they've bought up everything and it, and it's this is like this is this is like pure capitalism. Like it's not like we were talking about healthcare earlier and like healthcare is like it's free market relative to like I don't know Britain and the NHS, yeah. but it's like there's so much government intervention and complexities and regulatory. Bo- it's like it's not a really a free market. Um, and you have worse outcomes. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, whatever. I mean, that's a whole in healthcare. But the point is, this tech thing. This is like deregulated. Let capitalism go, creative destruction, creative energies, and we're seeing all the benefits of it. And the concern here is that, like, this is not compatible. These results carried out in another 25 years, this is just not compatible with, like, a liber- liberal democracy. Can I just... Uh, not compatible with, like... Yeah. Not yeah. compatible with, like, f- the free human. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. Uh, and that represents, like, a real problem for my kind of, like, worldview. Let me let me try to muddy the waters even more because okay. uh, I, I me? yeah that's Thanks. for you yeah uh, I think it's I think you're right to be concerned and I agree it, it does seem to throw a wrench into the liberal idea of free individuals walking around making choices based on their own subjective values based on the, what's in their soul based on what's in their soul and so they buy what they want because it's, not, it's, it's fucked up that we both laughed at that I so. know <laughs> but yeah. okay yeah and and. So this is the idea of like a democracy. This is the idea of free markets. This is the idea is that you, you just allow free individuals making rational choices. They're going to choose stuff that's in their best interest, and that's going to lead to companies forming that cater to those interests, et cetera, et cetera. So right? Forth, yeah. Now, one of the, and the problem with this current, where, where it's sort of gotten us to, is we've now, now the, what we want, what our ideas of, what our identity is, is now being predetermined by these large corporate entities that yeah. are funneling us into specific swim lanes, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Now, the question I would say is, hasn't that, or the way I'd muddy this is, yeah. hasn't that always been happening? Just with like traditional cultural, with like traditional, traditional like cultural norms. Yeah, so instead of- Like, oh, instead I'm a Catholic, of, so I'm gonna do this with my, I'm gonna marry and have a 15 yeah. kids. You, you, like mountain, you like hiking mountains, yeah. and the reason you like hiking mountains is because of where you grew up, what you were exposed my to. My grandfather were, took me hiking. That's your like, grandfather cool. took like, you hiking. Well, am I really, like, did I choose to like- So had, had, instead of your grandfather taking you hiking, had Amazon just spammed you with tons of pictures <laughs> of beaches, yeah. maybe you'd be a scuba diver, <laughs> yeah. right? But like, were you any, were you really free to say like, oh, I'm a mountain guy. Yeah. That's yeah. like, I'm, I'm an autonomous individual who likes mountain. I've loved, I've loved it since I was born. Yeah. No, you were like, you were funneled into hiking yeah. mountains, just like Amazon's funneling you into buying a specific, you know, yeah. dish or, uh, you know, whatever. Yeah. I think, uh, I mean, I think that's a great, so I think that's a great, like human autonomy has always been sort of ne- uh, nebulous and, yeah. and I don't think we take it very much for granted, and I think yep. that was because it's the founding of our like country. I said, I'm autonomous now. We take it for granted that I'm autonomous now. And yeah, like, yeah, and I and you know whether it's I mean I, I approach things you know from my sort of chemistry background, and so I 
I would not describe myself as a materialist, but I do have ma strong materialist instincts, which is we're all made of atoms. Yeah. Atoms are just Much reacting along, with other atoms. Just cause and effect. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and so the, the idea that there's a, an actual person driving the human yeah. is a little, uh, a little I don't know, to, hard to believe because it's, it's just really just like, I don't, I don't know that there is a place for free will in a universe that's so mechanistic. Yeah. Yeah. That put that aside though. It feels like I have free will. Yeah. Now so that, I gotta live with that. So yeah, I gotta live with that, that, right? I feel free, whether my atom, whatever my atoms are doing. I'm just gonna I, sit here. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I feel free. Now, what am I free to do? I'm free to do what my personality expresses. So if I, you know, have the apartment to myself and you're not here, uh, I may play video games. I may write something, yeah. and I may express that individual freedom, right? Now, had I been raised in a culture without words. I probably wouldn't be free to write, <laughs> yeah. right? I probably, I, I mean, technically, legally, I may be free to write. And, you yeah. know, like, there's no universe, uh, and there's no nothing physically keeping me from write, writing. It's the knowledge, and it's the exposure to writing and literacy yeah. that enables my ability to write. And so that gives me a freedom. So in that way, like, culture both allows, like, gives me inherited, things that I, and that I can yeah. be free to do. Yeah. Right, but it also restrains my choices. Mm -hmm. Right, in a similar way, Amazon is doing the same thing. Here is all everything in the world that you want to buy. Yeah, it's all here and available. However, based on you, and you know, I think you're gonna want this thing, yeah. and so here, buy this thing instead. And you're and you know, which honestly, goes, if it's tuned the, well, yeah. if it's tuned well, it's like, yeah, you know what, I do need a spatula. You're right. You got me. You got me, Amazon. I'd Maybe like it's that. Like, it's like YouTube was like, yeah, I do want to watch this hiking video. Honestly. I do. Yeah, it's like, I'll, and that's yeah. the and that's the dilemma is that like as much as we're worried we about it, about, yeah. yeah, we we all keep using these things. Because we all it's keep, not that different. Yeah, we're it's just, not that different. Instead of culture telling you what you are and what you should buy and what you should do, and your friends and family telling you how you should live your life, now the companies are doing it. Yeah, and and that's that's really weird. Yeah, it's really weird, and it, it, maybe it speaks to more of a vacuousness of our American culture. Yeah, and and a vacuousness maybe too just a culture based on capitalism and you know like if you have a hyper capitalist society yeah and you don't have anything influencing your choices other than the best thing to consume then you're going to end up just being perfect consumers in that society yeah. and yeah. that's where really what we're turning into is the ideal consumer yep i agree i think well yeah i think the cons you know the the which is okay, okay. whatever so let's just let's put, uh, set that kind of the the freedom thing aside. Let's set that aside. I think the the ability to really say how that's going to play out because we're very limited. It's, spe it's highly speculative. I have no idea. You know, highly yeah. speculative. And I think the point that you just made is pretty. I think that's a. It's, I think it's pretty compelling that like really this concern is probably over overdone, in in the sense of. Well, how I don't know, man, because this is like you were saying. This is a hyper. Intense effect over the last ten to twenty years. Well, so what I'm the effect is not may so have always like, been oh. there, but it does seem to be turned up. Yeah, I don't know what the I, maybe it's still not a bad thing, but I don't know what to make of it. Here's what I, I I'm less concerned about like oh will I have freedom? I, I totally am concerned about that, but I'm like I I think like what 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 am I going to do about that? it's it's going to play out the way it's going to play out. I I think or it's gonna it's just hard to say. It um, matters. It matters because it then probably it's like. Well, that matters how we the pol that determines I, the policy that we need. I, yeah, well, exactly. Well, I think what I'm concerned is like this. One of the policies we need. These tech companies have become powerhouses, and uh, they're the biggest companies in the country, and they're the biggest companies in the world. Yeah. You know, Google trillion dollar companies. There's no company in Europe that matches fucking Google. Right? These are the these are the, the only companies that even compete are 
the you know Tencent, Baidu, and Alibaba, right? Like, yeah, a few Chinese companies that have basically matched and are are, are up there. Microsoft's worth more than most countries. Yeah, you know, it's like it's not like 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 Britain doesn't have the tech company. You know, like these they don't exist. I mean, they have plenty of tech companies, but they don't. They, they, they just have don't, jobs. They don't have these powerhouses. Um, That's why you need Brexit. <laughs> Oh yeah. So I, what I think is, I'm like, listen, they are going to, and I, I don't see a realm in which Microsoft's, like, go. You know, I think when Facebook first started, we're like, oh, it'll just go the way of Face, it'll go the way of MySpace. Like, yeah, MySpace died out. Fine. Like, so Facebook can too. Facebook's like, I'm not going anywhere. Yeah, people's <laughs> like, whoa, I'm gonna buy any. Like, they bought Instagram, which was one of the game. They bought, like, they bought Instagram for a billion dollars, I think. Yeah. Uh, when it was like first. Then they almost buy Twitter, and they're like, "Nah, we're good." I think they tried to buy someone like that. Yeah. Yeah, they're like, "Yeah." They probably looked at it, and we're like, "Yeah, we pretty much have this." They bought Instagram for a billion dollars. You know, Facebook is kind. Of, the Facebook platform is actually kind of, I think, plat, plat, uh, plateaued, and but Instagram is huge. I mean, Instagram is, especially for millennials and younger, like Instagram is like just overwhelmingly dominant, as far as I can tell. Yeah. Um, and they tried to buy Snapchat. Who they tried to buy? Snapchat saved since, which, which is lol. They they, they messed up, um, or the the shareholders messed up because whatever. Uh, I don't see these companies going away. I just don't see a world in which Amazon stops being. Like, yeah, I don't either. The, you know, so and so the concern is that they're just going to grow, 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 uh, dominate larger and larger spheres of our life. You know, Amazon is selling microwaves now. They they've got Whole Foods. You know. Amazon, like you know, the phone is the 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 phone is the the basic portal by which we connect to the world. Yeah. Everyone around us, and you yeah. know, Apple in this country, Apple has that on pretty significant lockdown. It's either Apple, either you're an Apple person or you're a an Google person with Android. Um, so these companies are just going to get larger and larger control, larger and larger swaths of the economy, and they're going to have they're going to become like these like. Like not maybe not feudal, but like they're gonna have like so much power politically, inevitably politically. That's all right. They already have it politically. And, and and um, and it's like it's like where does this, where does our ability to like push back come from? You know, I think I think as and so I think the concern would be like we need to push back, and like maybe I don't know. Cause like do you break these companies up? Is that what you do? And then my concern if we do that is. What? So we cede the ground to China? Yeah. I, I think, you know, especially on this like kind of like cutting edge technology development, like if you break up Google, they're not going to have the like the, the money X. to like to have Project X, right? Like, yeah. if you, you know, whatever. So I think we want those sorts of Project X happening in this country rather than in China. No offense to China, but like I'm kind of like a little scared. Um, <laughs> I'd rather be in front rather than behind. What is, what is breaking them up? And I mean, we already talked about the fact that people continue to use these things over and over and over yeah, again. Yeah, I don't know. Are you hear this so, break up the tech companies like, what does that mean? And what does that mean and who is that for? Because I don't know anyone, I mean, everyone's maybe raised, got an eyebrow up. It's more just like, they are, like, if, if people are just honest with themselves and their behavior in the world, they spend most of their day on their phone using these apps, yeah. leveraging the, the values that they, and the, the services that yeah. they get from these companies, right? If not at work, helping another company grow, they are on this phone helping you know companies that they're they're not working for. They just give them their data for free yeah. so that they get all these services back. And people seem to be really okay with that choice, but they don't seem to be honest with the fact 
that what that choice like entails. Like you don't get that free stuff unless you give everyone your data, yeah. and you don't want them to have your data, but you also want all the yeah, free nobody stuff. Nobody cares about the privacy thing. I think I think the privacy thing is totally nobody actually cares about that. But, like, but so where journalists like get yeah. all worked up, but like no average person gives a shit. I mean, I think everyone says it though. I mean, I had a, everyone said it at Thanksgiving when I when I was there. I mean, this this engineer was saying like, oh yeah, I don't. It's it's really it's going to be an instrument for tyranny and like I don't I don't think we should be giving them any data or anything. My grandpa, on the other hand, was like, I don't care, I don't care. Yeah, you can look at anything I want. You can go through my garbage. Yeah. You can look. You can walk through my home. Yeah, I'm not doing anything wrong. Yeah, and that's that's sort of weird because imagine like I mean this is. I, I don't know how well, I feel like, about this, right? Like it's I mean, okay like, through a webcam or a microphone, but imagine if you just had a, a Google representative following you, following you around all day yeah. in your bedroom with your girlfriend, like in your kitchen while you're making dinner, sitting on the couch while you're watching TV, <laughs> yeah. just taking notes, yeah, recording. Like over your shoulder, watching, look at what you're reading. If he, yeah, if he just followed you with a camera, you'd be totally. Upset. You would be so freaked out. Yeah. you'd be so freaked out. But you're totally fine as long as you don't see that yeah. that person. And, and it's not. Just, I mean, like, let's be real. You know. The NSA. That's the other piece. Is the government's leveraging all of these companies to just harvest the same data? I know it's so funny. I was like, I kind of looking back and I was like, oh, China's so messed up. These tech companies in China, it's all yeah. Like, okay, I'm pretty sure the NSA. There's a little bit more antagonistic, like right, like Baidu and Alibaba, and those companies like explicitly work in coordination with the Communist Party. No, no government, no company exists, and like the Communist yeah. Party like has like explicit domain. Yep, and it's very much more acknowledged and contractual and like yeah. coordinated. They go to the government and say, what I mean, are people allowed Google, to post? Yeah, Google and Microsoft are, you know, they're, they're all antagonistic with the government, I think, in a, largely, at least publicly. Yeah, I know? don't know that they're and so Apple, antagonistic. You know, Apple, Apple has had, you know, this like thing about like not unlocking phones, right? For like, lol. But like, okay, I'm just gonna go and say it, like I'm pretty sure the NSA has figured it out. And yeah. all these data sets that like Amazon's using to like optimize our like day-to-day -day choices are also available. Uh, to, to the NSA, which is fine because I don't have anything to hide. So what's what's the big deal? Right. Well, that's the thing is it goes to. <laughs> but like, like I'm going to tell you when I write my manifestos calling for the uh, the next revolution, NSA is going to catch that within a second, unless I type it on my typewriter. See, that's there's two questions. One is like, is privacy <laughs> valuable? Because I would argue that you know, like hunter gatherer societies had absolutely zero privacy. Mm -hmm. Gossip was created in those societies yeah. so that if someone did something yeah. wrong to someone, everyone would know about it, and yeah. that person would get ostracized or killed. <laughs> yeah. Right. So there was no privacy. Everyone knew everything. Yeah. Everyone was walking around. It's kind naked. of like a made up, made yeah. up right. That's like a something. Privilege. When we created property, we like created privacy. Yeah, yeah. We created privacy. Yeah. yeah. When we created like this is mine, not yours. Yeah. And you're not allowed to see what I have. Yeah. I'm gonna like, build a house now and like fence it off and like do stuff. Yeah. Put some walls up and just isolate myself from my other people yeah. and like and have yeah. my own yard and like kind of like put some like, fence around me. and then yeah. meanwhile we've still we've maintained our gossiping and created uh you know these social media sites like facebook and instagram where now everyone's like look at everything i'm doing yeah. please look at everything i'm please, doing like yeah look how awesome yeah look how awesome i am look at my spending Which habits why look that, at my that consumer whole, like, habits the privacy concern is so maybe overblown Overblown. It's, I, you know, I, but it feels weird when you have the big brother, right? Because there is something like it feels weird when you look at the China system and they're getting social credit scores. Well, of course, based I, on shared, maybe quote shared cultural values. Yeah. In right? preparation for this uh, podcast, I also I watched The Matrix. Hell yeah! All three. I also watched V for Vendetta. Nice. <laughs> nice. I also watched uh, Children of Men, which is another kind of like this kind of near future dystopian. Maybe not tech-oriented dystopia, but still dystopia. So I got my kind of like my 
you know, anti, anti the man juices flowing. Nice. Um, you know, the Matrix obviously is a Matrix, whatever, outrageous. But I think that's the sort of concern is that like everybody's going to be living in a Matrix, and that there's going to have no, there's going to be no room for. That goes back to our earlier concern, like this. But but it's not so much the concern of like, oh, am I free? But more is like, is there any room for dissent? Is there any room for like right now we like you know I think what, uh, like the whole LGBT kind of blossoming of like identity and co- you know complex interpretations of identity and really nuanced and new new freedom to kind of explore these things that's happening in the last maybe last decade and continuing to happen now. That's like I think that's good. I mean a wonderful accomplishment for humankind and for our culture. But I think also um, I don't know how. If the thing was changed just a little bit more, you know, if, if we were just a little bit more like, you know, climate change has wreaked havoc, the government's kind of gotten a little bit more authoritarian, democracy has stopped working because of the echo chamber effect, so really we just have a standing committee that warns things, there's tsunamis every week, and so like really the government's kind of put a clamp down, and they have everybody still working in the basic capitalist, techno-capitalist framework that we've talked about, it's like, and you're out there like protesting against something? Yeah, yeah. I, How's that gonna go? Yeah. You know, like, I, yeah. And, um, and that's where the privacy thing becomes a concern. But that's so distant, so like, kind of like hypothetical, so far away, so I think unbelievable, except in cinema for everybody, that nobody. I think. I mean, like the fact of the matter is, nobody cared about the NSA thing. I mean, at least like I care, but like politically, it's a non-issue. Have has has the Government intrusion into digital privacy come up once in any of the democratic debates? Not, right? Yeah. Tech has come up, but not from a privacy standpoint. No. It's mostly just from like a they have, evil. They're too, they have too much money. They have, they have billionaires, so let's tax them. It's like, okay, I don't think taxing Bezos is going to change the fact that Amazon runs our lives. No, it's not. <laughs> you yeah. know, like, sorry. And Bezos breaking like, well, the, breaking cool. them up, Mike. Like, take a but... billion, like, take a couple billion. I'm going to make another couple billion tomorrow. <laughs> you yeah. know, like, you can't tax me at the rate I'm making money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's sort of untaxable. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, whatever. Well, it sounds like. Cool, go for it. If, tax me. If like, I could generalize one of the, the chief things it seems like you're calling for, it seems like what your primary concern is that we somehow preserve our revolutionary right to dissent yeah. from those who are ruling us. Yeah. And I, I also share that. I mean, I don't know if that's just a you and me thing because we tend to, you know, yeah. want to burn it down a little bit yeah. more than your average person. But it seems like the you're fine with the consequences. You're fine with the monopolies. You're fine with the structures sort of staying as they are without the government coming in and doing anything, provided that human beings are the right to say this is fucked up. And these ideas are bad for these reasons, or this company is bad, or this government is bad. As long, it sounds like you're really just saying, as long as we have a place for dissent and free speech and free ideas to keep like well, a think, check on these things, everything else we kind of just gotta let it see. Well, see I, mean, how it I goes. think I think the also looms. Lo- I you know it's like listen, if it was up to me, we'd all go back to the Stone Age. Is that true? I mean, not necessarily, but like I like I'm. T- you know, you know, there's no time for mountain. I think we have, I mean, there's we no have time for hiking. Oh, yes, I, I guess that's an exaggeration. But I mean, what I mean is, Here's, I, I'm personally, you know, you know, I'm like totally against the tech. I, you know, per, in, in my own life, right? Like, not ent- entirely. Right? I have my iPhone here. 
and yeah, I, yeah, I listen I, to my podcasts. I, I feel like it's a matter of like, it, yeah, I, you're I, operating at 90% tech. Yeah, Most people are at 98%. Yeah, that's basically what it is. And I can yeah. acknowledge the, like, the delusion of that. And maybe people get down to as low as 80, but no one's at like zero. No, unless you're in the you fucking can't, woods. You can't. And, you can't. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're free to. You're free, you're free to. You're free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're free you have the choice to just completely I guess unplug. Like, yeah, just like, ah, what? I guess I, I think my biggest concern is I don't think, and I, maybe there's other things going on here, but I don't think the current the current like model of political economy, you know, this sort of capitalist liberal democracy. It seems to me that it's uh, coming up short. I agree. It's coming up short, and I don't know to what degree that's a function of like this tech. Problem, problem, or is it and a human like, problem? You know these four or five things that we've laid out about like the basic issues with the big, the big tech companies. I don't know if like those are really what's causing that, or because it's also happening in other countries. It's happening in, it's happening in Europe to a certain degree. It's certainly happening here. This kind of like, I kind of have this feel like the pressure is like rising on this like, on our kind of, you know, this country. The pots getting getting hotter and hotter. Yeah. The pressure is rising. Yeah, I think everyone could feel that. And like. And something's not, and something's gonna give. And I'm what you know. What is gonna give? Like I'm telling you right now, the Amazon, the tech companies are not gonna give. It's not like they're just gonna crumble. No, it's <laughs> gonna. The tech, get, their pull is gonna get stronger. Their pull is gonna. They're and, gonna be and, more. And, they, and, more and they're the only ones that can deliver the goods. They're the only ones that can. Like they deli- like like you said, everybody hates the tech companies, but everybody loves them. They deliver the goods. They deliver the things that we like in life. They deliver the content, the shows, the YouTube channels, the music. Things that everybody likes comes from the tech companies. And as soon as they the have healthcare that, and transportation unlocked, Amazon's like, got yeah, Amazon's doing healthcare. Microsoft's doing healthcare. Like they're gonna get that unlocked, and like then they'll do job placement. And then, and then when, all you know, of a sudden, and then when just, you have like all these problems people are raging against, and they're raging against the government about, you know, some people are raging about climate change. Great, well, that's a whole. But sure, rage against climate change, rage against immigrants because you immigration because they're coming to your country. Sure, raging, not not equivalent, not making those equivalent, but this the sense that there's all this like tension, uh, and the government's. I don't, I don't see the government like resolving these issues. No, I don't see like. No, I don't either. I, I now in the past, it seems to me maybe this is my delusional interpretation of history, but it seems like in the past, like the the the, the nation, and or the the leadership, political leadership, was able to get things done and make progress, like. Yeah, maybe, maybe it's the maybe New like, Deal or the like New Deal, GI Bill, the GI, or, you know, the civil rights. Yeah. you know, like progress was made. We actually got. I mean, we in the did, public space. In the public space, you know, we had the Civil War. It's a little bit of a. We did have the Civil War. Yeah, that was a little intense. Well, we might get a we might get a corporate version soon when yeah. Team Google goes goes to war with Team Apple. Yeah, I just I, I feel like what's happening is like we're just going to see like it, I, uh, there's no way the tech company is going to be broken up. There's no way that there's going to be any sort of like monopoly limitation on them because no. what are you going to do? Microsoft's like, already been trust busted and yeah. it hit a trillion dollars <laughs> again. Yeah. It became the richest, the most expensive <laughs> company a second time. Yeah, it's like and like and, and it would like what are you going to do? Tell me that I can't go shop on it. Like it'll be a revolution if you try to tell me I can't buy spatulas on Amazon yeah. because of what government regulation. We will vote you out of office in a second if you try to keep me from buying my shit on Amazon. Right, like right. if you try to stop Netflix from giving me my my content, yeah, you'll get voted out of uh, office. Dude, Netflix is so twenty fourteen. So it's all yeah. about Amazon Prime. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, you know, the point is like, oh, Disney Plus, right? Yeah. We we didn't even talk about Disney Plus, the cultural monopoly. Of oh Disney. yeah, that's a great other topic. But uh, 
I don't see the tech budging, and I see the government kind of just consistently, as these issues pile up, being unable to deliver, perhaps because of the polarization issue, the echo chamber issue, democracy is unable to handle this new man. Yeah. New, new The human. new rate of change, the and, new, like... And, um, and you kind of just, like, I'm like this, and I'm like, of course, we both have read Snow Crash by Neil Stevenson. Well, that's where, I'm, that's exactly and what like, I wanted to I, bring I'm up. I'm just yeah. like, yo, I just... We're heading is, there. This is prophetic. Prophet, yeah, is that prophetic? Yeah. That book is prophetic. I don't... It's if, exactly where I put my money on, like, 100 years from now, or 200 years from now, boom. It's there. That book nails it because unless there's some sort of Marxist revolution, that's exactly where we're heading. Yeah, and like the, Mar- I mean, I don't know what is Marxist revolution because like, everybody's like nobody's gonna revolt. Like again, we all want the shit. <laughs> yeah, who's all- the people love it. I need my spatula. <laughs> yeah, like what are we gonna revolt against? Like the government's like the government doesn't do anything. Yeah. Amazon does everything. Like. Wh- it's not like they got the power. We, you, I know. And so and you so, draw the timeline out long enough and it is like the government is there just to mediate conflicts between companies yeah. and the companies do all the governance. Yeah. People just pick their companies <laughs> and they just they just throw their lot yeah. in and maybe they like, you know what? I had a really bad experience with Amazon so I'm going to jump over to team Microsoft. Yeah. And you jump in, now Microsoft's taking care of everything. They got my right? house lined up. They, they got, got my house. They got my job here. You they know, got someone my... listened to the podcast and they built the, resi- the residential we work that we talked about. Yeah, exactly. And they, and they've got t- 25 years from now that's like everybody lives in like Microsoft housing yeah I'm using my housing. I've got Microsoft College yeah. Microsoft University <laughs> yeah. where they've got like Wikipedia on like, fucking I, slide I, decks I really and, don't I mean like I'm depressed because I realistically think that's the way we're going and I, uh, maybe I have a romantic view of Maybe that's not so bad. Maybe that's where we are always meant to be. Maybe I, that's the the that is where you know this is the way that you know the the, I don't know. The industrial then, revolution happened, and the capitalist revolution happened in England in, let's say, 1800, 1750 or something. You know, this is like this turning point, this just rapid, dis, you know, uh, what do you call that? A break in the timeline of civilization when all of a sudden, you know, after thousands of years of kind of like negligible progress, <laughs> yeah, you know, we just things just changed once, and and and. and that timeline only point, I mean, perhaps it only points in one direction, in which the the sort of national framework, state sovereignty, some of these things that we've like worked with for the last couple hundred years, five hundred years, just dissolve, yeah. dissolve away, yeah. like, because they're no longer they're no longer applicable in a world in which like capital rules and like and states are not. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, and, and, and that, that seems that seems kind of sad and now we're talking we've kind of moved beyond like oh, pro- issues of today and next week and next decade to like 50 100 years out but i really don't it's, it, this is this is a 50 year concern for me it's not a hundred it's not it's not like this isn't thousand years on the road this is like 50 years from now i mean right I, now I usually, yeah, we're seeing like the it. government's not going to do anything about climate change yeah and we haven't even talked about how the tech companies enable consumption uh and this is like the, the tech companies as i mentioned are the maximum epitome in my view and I'm like a diehard capitalist I guess <laughs> I don't really know anymore but diehard capitalist uh, and these tech companies are the epitome of, tech, uh, of capitalism and they are enabling the the ink you know the consumption to accelerate yeah at a pace and you know they're increasing that consumption rate the rate right. of consumption right for everybody, not just Americans, for, for the whole world. And, and, but not just increasing and that, it, but also making it more efficient. Also matching you 
to things that you need, differing you from other people in your demographic based on things about that you yeah. associate with your sure. personality. So do you think so. he's? T- do you think he's, like, let's like, talk about the climate change angle. What is your? How do you see the tech companies in relation to the climate change? Where do? You, how do you? And for so, me, like I just said, yeah. I see the tech companies as fundamentally, especially Amazon, but they're all there's all an ecosystem, Instagram, and and Facebook and YouTube drive consumption because of the exposure to other. To the exposure, it's marketing. It's all marketing. It's all lifestyle marketing, consumption marketing, right? Like, look at this crazy lifestyle that I live. You want to live this lifestyle? Buy these products. You know, go take your vacations here, here, and here. Like, fly around the world in these jets and, like, do whatever. Like, for me, all of these things create an ecosystem in which we are plugged in and exist to deliver goods. Yeah. It exists for you to go to work, get your paycheck, and buy goods. And, like, like we said, the cog in the machine, the optimal cog in the machine is the optimal working making the optimal income and buying the optimal amount of goods. And like, yeah, where, that's what they what want. Is, left that, for the, is there anything left for the human spirit or the human experience? And I, and, or has it become so hijacked by technology? I mean, that's, 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 so that's what we're getting channeled into. And like, I don't see how that is compatible with like, uh, the kind of ecological revolution that needs to happen if we're gonna prevent, you know, quote unquote prevent climate change, which I, you know, you know how I feel about that. I we need to do a whole podcast on climate change. We should because That's, I think that it should be into, the next one. Because we're kind of we're kind of leading into my shtick about climate change. But I just I can't I don't see a compatibility between the the optimized consumption of all these companies and see you a can, world in which I'll, a world in which carbon emissions have gone down. I, I I'm not gonna I can't believe I'm, I'm gonna just take the side of the the rose colored capitalist uh, glasses but you know the you Silicon look, Valley tech will you look solve at, it all well look at look at like Elon Musk and look at Tesla right yeah. I think like to the extent that cli- like if well, Tesla hasn't done anything for climate change well I mean yeah we could get into like the actual <laughs> science I don't, I don't, I don't think they've done anything no but uh, you can appreciate though yeah. the the effort by a billionaire with tons of capital to say the biggest problems facing society are um, that we're all on one planet, so we need to be a multi-planetary species. So here's some rockets. We're, yeah, we're, so here's SpaceX. Yeah. We're, we're burning up a, a fixed amount of oil and gas and in order to power... And toxifying the planet. And toxifying the planet through climate change, so we need to electrify our vehicle fleet and our homes and get improved energy storage. And so he's, he's created companies to solve those problems, and people, with their own dollars and their own choices... Are, yeah, you yeah. Know, well, maybe not in the well, SpaceX's like, contracts, but at least with Tesla, yeah, people yeah. are buying these cars because they want to fight climate change. And so, is there? And a, also, I mean, and he, and he's, you know, every other car company is following his footprint too, which is the most remarkable aspect of it. Yeah, every single car company is following. Yeah. and saying we got to build battery. Yeah, fully electrified. Cars. Now, is that enough to fight climate change? I mean, we can again, we can talk about it. No, that's an insufficient. That's not yeah. going to fix anything. Yeah, just having all electric cars and sweet. Let's be yeah. like a thousand coal plants. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Power plugged into a thousand coal plants. Yeah, yeah. But the but the that's the sort of impetus is there now. Climate change is just so existential and such a large scale problem. Yeah, that even Microsoft, even Amazon, there's no way to justify solving it from a bottom line perspective. That's that's where I think these these sorts of yeah, government, no one, yeah. the snow crash where companies like are the government, right? There's no room in that eco- ecosystem to fight existential problems, uh, yeah. right? You need you need a shared oh, yeah, culture to. that says like we're going to pull our resources for a common good. Rich people are going to pull more, poor people are going to pull pull less because this is good if our species wants to continue, we need to decarbonize our economy. Yeah. That generally, I think, takes like something like, quote, a state, 
But as these lines become blurred between the state and the companies, as the state loses power and yeah, as the and companies and, gain and power, companies do respond to like they do deliver green products. Yeah, right? exactly. Like so do. maybe Amazon, in, in when I when I'm living in my Amazon home, going to my Amazon selected job in my Amazon car, yeah. buying Amazon things, maybe there is a role in the Amazon society where they say, you know what, we've decided as a as a company, as your corporate overlord. We've decided that we want more people to be in the Amazon community, and the only way to keep up the keep our population high yeah. is to solve existential crises like yeah. climate change, which is going to wipe out 20% of our consumer base. Yeah, yeah. So you know what? We're going to take 20% out of our margin and just plant trees with yeah, it. Yeah. We're going to guess what? We're going to replant the Amazon. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. what we're going to do. It's, yeah. it's Amazon, like replant the Amazon. Yeah, right. it's very poetic. Yeah. Maybe that does happen. Yeah. But I do tend to think that that, that sort of but see, here's the thing, though. It's like I was just about to say that I feel like that would move too slow. I feel like companies would do that before the what after the problem has already gotten too large. Yeah. But look at the pace of government. Like you yeah. already said, what's the fucking government doing? It's not, the government's it's not, not fighting climate change. And, it's, and they and they every nation faces a similar issue with no you know cool America cuts our emissions by half. If doesn't do anything, I mean. Unless the rest of the world also, unless it unless it acts as like that first mover and like leads other countries to do it, which, which it could, all, just like could. Tesla did in totally the prior, yeah, car totally, space, right? Totally, arguably could. But if they don't, big fucking whoop. You know, climate's still changing. Like yeah. I, you know, I, as far I don't know, I'm not a scientist, so I can't say for sure. But like, I don't think, uh, you know, it just wouldn't. It's so it is also this issue where each nation individually is not uh, is not enough to solve the problem. So. Or at least conceivably. So, uh, so let's try to let's try to wrap up and and just say like, okay, given given where we're at with uh, we ranted for hours yeah, nice. Hours. So given where we're at with like the current state of affairs, given the fact that we have these tech companies that are growing more and more pervasive, are gaining more and more power, we have a state that seems to be abdicating its governing responsibility to these companies, a democracy and, which seems unable to kind of resolve. The contradictions and it's and it's sort of hijacked by algorithms within the plat sure. social platforms yep. that are driving people all, into specific all, all communities and by, cultures. All, all foregrounded by or I'm not sure foregrounded or backgrounded by existential climate change. By existential threat of climate change, yeah, and uh, yeah, not to mention that our day to day interactions with people. Everyone's looking at their phones. Everyone's you know all. Is there is there human liberty anymore? Blah blah blah. So that's that's sort of all the problems in a nutshell. What you now? Just said that. We're, we're, yeah, the podcast. yeah um, where do we go from here? I think it's personal ethic. We just break them up and they're fine. Yeah. We're fine, right? Yeah. I I think the problem with breaking them up is that it's sort of like you end up like Europe, which basically has no say in the way the world works. <laughs> yeah. They just say, it's like, okay, whatever China and America decide to do, like, we'll go, hopefully they like, like us, you know, <laughs> hopefully they solve the problems because Europe doesn't have a say. They don't, they don't, they don't get a chance. No, Nobody just, cares about what you think, Europe. Sorry. They're just buying the phones. They, yeah. It's like they... So I... That. Oh my God, is that hail? I think it's just ice. Uh -oh. It might be hail. Yeah, I guess that, that's what hail is, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's hailing in New York City, climate change. Boom. Uh, no, but... Uh, I. Yeah, I mean, I, that would be my concern with breaking up the tech companies is kind of abdicating our leadership role, which whether or not we like it, it puts us in a position of power, which I think is, if we can do good with that power, it gives us the chance. In contrast to China. In contrast to China, which I think is really the only other source of power that's conceivable, and that, you know, call me a uh, jingoistic Westerner, but I'll take 
Well, so, so what? So, so, yeah, then, so there's that. Then they're fine. And we so just then it's like, yeah, be. what do you do? We and just leave them as they are, and we go to the snow crash lifestyle? I think there is a... I really have no idea. I mean, like, what possible regulation? What possible framework? What possible committee or federal organization would really solve any of these problems? Like we said, the polarization problem, the algorithm problem, that's humans. That's not the algorithm's fault. That's just humans. <laughs> you know? Uh, the, the issue with consumption, that's just humans. We consume more. You know, the issue with uh, free speech, like, that's an inherent, the, the problem of free speech is so structural to our, to, you know, our political theory as, a, you know, as liberal democracies that it's not going away. It's like, I, I would highlight so one. I, it doesn't I, seem yeah. to me that there's, which is why I'm kind of like this state of like infinite resignation and then it's like snow crash, here we come. Let me give you one, let me give you one solution, okay. one, one policy prescription that I think might be useful. I don't think it would solve all these issues, but I do think it would, it would be useful in this, in this environment we're living in. And, okay. that, and that is just, you know, one of the largest problems with the loss of autonomy and all of this is, is I really think uh, a lack of education. The educated consumer is sort of foundational yeah. when it comes to these democracy, when it comes to okay. capitalism, right? And, so you're all about, okay, And sorry, so, so we, we, don't have, we don't have educated consumers. People don't recognize that they've been hacked. Their minds have been hacked to the extent that they have. Yeah. They don't recognize that these companies have so much power. They they're, don't recognize that the government has not doing so is doing so little, and that the you know these they're being siloed into these communities, and they're only being their their data is being sold and whatever. I almost feel like it, you got to treat it if you're government and you want to have a say in this ecosystem and maybe improve things for your populace. Yeah. You know, is as is your role, right? Uh, you should be putting a Surgeon General warning like you do on every pack of cigarettes. I think that we need, just like we fought cigarettes, not by making them illegal, but by educating the consumer to say, this is bad for your health. Yeah. We're not going to say you can't this do it. This is bad for the climate. This is bad. We're going to tax it, and we're going to tell you it's bad for your health. It's going to be in every health, every public education you know, health class. You're going to learn all the negative effects of cigarette smoking. Now go and make your own choice, right? I, don't, I feel like there is that, there's a huge absence of that yeah. when it comes to logging into Facebook, when it comes to leveraging Amazon. Yeah, and well, I think the services can be left alone as long as, well, maybe not, who knows where yeah. we're going to go either way, but I think if the people were at least armed with the knowledge of, this is how you, you preserve that right to raise your fist and, and overthrow yeah. the, those in yeah. power, is to stay aware and, yeah. and educated conscious. and conscious of what is happening to you in real time. And I think that that dictates, you know, educating the public to say, hey, if you use these sites, you're gonna be channeled into silos of political thought. Yeah. So you need to make an effort to expose yourself to different yeah. series of political thought, or you will end up thinking only one way. Yeah. Hey, if you use Amazon for all of your goods, you're gonna end up not, you know, shutting down all the mom and pop stores, you're gonna end up like, yeah. So yeah, yeah. all of everything you ever buy is going to be bought by Amazon and they're going to try to tell you what to buy. Yeah. So just try to keep that in mind when you're looking at these advertisements. I think if you arm people with that, you give them a sort of meta defense yeah. against this. So they can still elect into these services and these giants, but they now have the capacity to realize like, yeah. oh, I'm being manipulated a bit. I do. I mean, I think there's like a, a, a role for the, the Surgeon General warning. But I also think it needs to kind of develop. We need to develop like a cultural ethic around that. 
Like that, like right, right, I, exactly. I, where did those come from? Where it's, did cultural it, ethics come we from? We need a new enlightenment. Yeah, a tech, we, a tech enlightenment. Yeah, uh, like uh, 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 you a know, as, new as, ideas. A, as a cultural, we need to take. I hate to use it, but like we have to not choose to take the blue pill and keep like just consuming and getting optimized and just continue on this current trajectory because it only ends in yeah. And we need to like go the other direction. And I'm not going to use that word because on the Reddit it's turned into a, it's turned into like a reactionary right wing cesspool. <laughs> Speaking of cesspools, but we need to choose individually and as communities, as families, as like yeah, that just becomes hard when they're telling you what to choose and they're giving you all your options. Yeah, and yeah. not telling you what you don't. Know. How do you get? How do you communicate that to people? Well, I make YouTube vlogs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then that becomes its own, you know, cesspool. I don't know. So it's kind of like, yeah, I agree. I, I think I think that uh, the cigarette thing is an interesting, you know. Uh, it's one of my favorite public policies because you preserve the individual autonomy, but you, you look at statistics on cigarette smoking, yeah. dramatically reduced. Yeah, yeah. Just by arming people with education. Yeah, and taxing. And a combination of factors. Yeah, that's sweet. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll post. I think that's it. Is that it? Yeah, I think that's it. And there's no solution. I know, it's kind of a depressing podcast today. Yeah. yeah I think we're both in this situation where we're overwhelmed. Also, I think probably we're not informed enough. I think if we knew the infrastructure of how these, the web infrastructure that these companies ran, we could say, oh, this actually is an area where we could regulate it. And I don't think that solves these top level problems we've talked about, so. Yeah, well. We're going to talk climate change next week, so if you're feeling sad now, if you're feeling sad now, it's not going to get any better. You got another one coming.